This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Florida's fourth estate with hosts Ginger Gadsden and Matt Austin, the show where we bring Florida into focus. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Florida's fourth estate. I'm Matt Austin. And I'm Ginger Gadsden. So good to be back with you again this week. You know, summer is waning, but the stories in Florida, they keep on coming. Ooh, they come in hot too, don't they, Gigi? We've got a lot <laughs> to give like you this summer. week. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, one of the stories that people have been watching, not just here in Florida, but around the world, actually, is the launch of that SLS, ro- SLS rocket, Super Launch System. We're talking about Artemis one. And this is the rocket that is going to get Americans, people back to the moon after 50 years, right? Maybe. So, okay. Can I Ginger and I are going to have, we're going to have yeah. words on this one. So go ahead. Because I love anything dealing with NASA and space and all this stuff. And it's right in our backyard. Matt needs to get on board. He is not. It has been scrubbed. Is it twice now? I think. They did yeah. some, you know, some wet dress rehearsals, which is a terrible sounding name for something that just means they've done dress they rehearsals, fuel fueling it, it up. Yeah. Yes, it's just the fuel. And they, we were all set, ready for this big launch to happen. And they got as far as they did in the dress rehearsal. And then they were going to go one more step, which they did not do in the dress rehearsal. And then it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Twice. Twice. <laughs> uh, okay. Can I clarify here real quick? I have nothing against the space program. I think what they did 52 years ago was absolutely incredible. Maybe the biggest achievement mankind has ever seen. But we're trying to do the same thing that we did with the with less technology than I have on my iPhone. And they keep screwing it up. They're okay. billions of dollars over budget. Right. They're years behind schedule and we just keep getting more and more behind schedule. I'm making Ginger mad. So go ahead. I'm so angry because it is not the exact same thing. What's happening is, you know, uh, President Kennedy said we need to go to the moon. So when your president says, hey, we're going to do something, boom, you got to do it. It took them 10 years back then to do it. But we did it right. Our mission was to beat Russia to the moon. And so far, Americans have, have been the only people to go to the moon, to land, to put boots on the moon, right? So now we not only want to put boots back on the moon, we want to build a system to go beyond like tomorrow. So it's not the same thing, which is why they have to be so careful because it could really be a huge setback. You have a $4, million, a $4 billion rocket sitting on that pad. You can't just fire that thing off. If there's a leak, you're going to fix it. Are you going to drive your car if there's stuff like... <laughs> hanging off if you're you know do cars even have mufflers anymore if your muffler is dangling matt are you gonna drive your car no you're gonna fix it well you know so what if my mechanic doing. was supposed to fix it like two years ago and they didn't and they charged me billions of dollars more than they said they would my mechanic would get fired so how come nobody is losing their jobs over it? not that i want people well, to lose their jobs but no. it's like what is happening it's so nebulous 
And it's like, okay, well, we'll just push it up. Back when we made these achievements, back when mm -hmm. we made it to the moon and put boots on the moon, there were yeah. specific timelines. I get it. Tons of people were working on it and that sort of thing. Correct. But they would say, here's where we're going to circle the moon. Here's where we're going to get on the moon. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And they hit their marks. We are not hitting our marks. And I'm not saying I'm not glad that we're doing it. Love the space program. We need to be up there. I just don't feel like they're doing the best job right now. Sorry. Okay. Can I say, can I say one more thing? Go ahead. You finish it up. Be done with it and yeah. then I'm not going to speak to you ever again. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other thing that makes me very cautious and very nervous too, is that our launch director is Charlie Blackwell Thompson, right? If this does not go well, they're going to blame it on her. And this may be the only shot she gets at doing this because you know how you people are. And when I say you people, I mean men. They'll be like, yeah, we gave them a chance. Now push her aside. <laughs> so I want this to be <laughs> so successful that there is no question that she is capable of doing this and that the next woman in line will also be able to get the chance to do it. All right. Well, I hope she's successful as well, but She's just got to get the job done. She's got to get the job done. And I don't know Moving whose on. fault it is. Moving on there. Moving, Moving along on. before Ginger, uh, she's at my desk and she can break I'm all of my stuff you. right now I'm without me being able to, <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> so let's talk about a very Florida story. Guy, he is out in the wilderness, this gentleman, and uh, he's kind of found himself lost in the woods. He decides, yeah. I want to go across. And I think as we've looked into this, it seems like this gentleman is homeless and he's sort of kind of going through the woods yeah. and he needs to get across this lake. The lake. Instead yeah. of just walking around the lake, Gigi, he decides I'm going to swim and I'm going to make it easier, which is never a good idea because there's a gator in, in pretty much every lake in Florida. So this is what happened to my friend here. This is out in uh, near Mayaka. I look over and there's a gator on my right hand side. So I went to swim. And she got she got my forearm, so I grabbed her like this, and like she's trying to roll, but she snapped her head, so so my arm went backwards like this completely. Okay, so I, I want to say this guy. I feel terrible for what he's been through, and the yeah. fact that he survived is pretty amazing because not only did that happen, and he describes after the fact like what his arm looked like. It was just yeah. bone and just Awful. strings, and his fingers yeah. are twitching. Oh. He, it's not like he got immediate medical help, Gigi. This guy was meandering around the woods with this jacked up arm Open for three wound. days until yeah. he was able to find a guy on the other side of the fence. The local news organization there said uh, they talked to him and he said, man, when I saw this guy, I didn't know if he was dead or alive or what. So, a zombie, whatever. I mean, I, I just God. can't imagine stumbling across someone who had been through all of that. But I give him credit. That guy is a survivor for sure, because I'm telling you, I would just be like, Lord, it's my time. Just take me. <laughs> Three days with your arm like that out in the swamps of Florida. I, I mean, no. I, yeah. No, no. I, and I'm, I'm glad he imagine. made it. You know, I'm glad he survived. And I hope he gets uh, a lot more help uh, moving forward because he seems like a sincere guy. He seems really nice. And I just feel terrible for his situation. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So All we've right, got so, this uh, shark story here. That's another well, more animals sticking with the animal people. theme. Yeah, this one's awful. You know, when you go on a cruise, and I think maybe you've been on one or two, and I've yeah. only been on a couple. You book these excursions, and you know this this ship. It's Harmony of the Seas. It left uh, 
Port Canaveral Sunday. And uh, this woman who uh, was vacationing with her family they have an excursion they didn't book it through the cruise line because you don't have to book your excursions through the cruise line they did it with an independent operator in the bahamas and she was attacked by a shark i we get this is another one we disagree on i always say someone was bitten by a shark because you can't be attacked if you're in the shark's house but this time she was really attacked by this shark and it killed her and it's one of those stories where you think oh my gosh I do that when I go on vacation, I, I go on excursions and she was just snorkeling. So here's this woman who goes on this cruise and people don't think cruises are dangerous. You think you go, you have a great time and you come back, but her family is grieving now and the people in the Bahamas are, are upset because it happened in an area that is popular for snorkeling and the water is crystal clear. So the shark had a clear view of her and it was a bull shark and just went right for her and it's just devastating that that happened and anytime something like that happens tourists kind of pause and they're like is it safe to go and the the answer is it is sort of i i mean you just like anything else you just have to be careful and you know it's just it's it's awful that that happened normally we hear about shark bikes shark bites all the time because people are swimming here in the waters of uh you know in florida but it, it is unusual that someone is killed and the way in which she was killed. It's yeah, we had sad. that uh, we had that story earlier in the year where a uh, boy was out. I think he was scalloping and his foot got bitten oh. off. Uh, but he yeah. survived. We've seen people, you know, lose some fingers and hands and yeah, or get yeah. their cat. We always see like calves that like get or that thigh, nasty yeah, bite mark or something. But for yeah, a woman to yeah. actually die while out there just enjoying her trip. But you're right. I mean, it is it can be safe, but I mean, even if you're with the cruise even if it, this is a sanctioned activity, yeah, unless they, they have put yeah. nets out to keep the sharks oh. away from you and you're in a protected little cove, which they yeah. can't do because that's going to disturb the wildlife. Of you're course. taking a chance out there. It's just the way yeah. it is. That's I know. So but our, our you know, her family's grieving and we're, we're so sorry that 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 happened to her. And she's not a Florida woman, but it you know, this ship originated in Florida, but it's still just very sad. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it stinks. You hate to hear stories like that and our mm-hmm. best to her family. All right. We want to wrap things up here. The end of our headline segment with the story that blew up on the TikTok. It's my favorite the social TikTok. media app right now. So this was uh, posted on TikTok. We're going to play it for you here. I'm sorry if you're listening, you're going to see a guy running across the screen. There's a little caption that says, when thinking you left the hood. And then behind them is a cop running and there's a little music played in. So let me just show you this. It's got four and a half million views as of this taping. Yeah. Okay, so one of the reasons people were so fascinated by this video, you see this guy running and you see this uh, deputy behind him chasing him full gear, by the way. We're talking Florida summer heat, full gear, cardio, all right? And everybody was like, there's a 0% chance that this deputy is going to be able to catch this guy. Ginger, when you saw, what did you think? You didn't think it was going to happen, right? No, I, I didn't. And if you did not see the deputy behind this guy, you thought this guy was just out for a neighborhood run. And then you see this deputy full speed right. ahead yeah. <laughs> and he is gaining every time you see it in each clip. The deputy is closer and closer, which 
I don't know if you know this, but we've had a lot of incidents that have not ended this way or ended this well. Yeah. And kudos to that deputy because he could have tased him. He could have shot him while he was running away, right. but he didn't. In the back or something. So this is how it happened. Yeah. It started off as uh, just a, a regular, you know, pulling the guy over. And then he starts to put the cuffs around because the guy won't get off the phone. You could tell this gentleman's nervous. Turns out he has warrants out for his arrest. He got arrested for trafficking meth and cocaine, and he just ends up taking off. And the deputy runs about an eighth of a mile, according to him, and he catches the gentleman. The guy just stops, and he yeah. arrests him. And it, it all I mean, that's the best ending possible, because we could have been covering a story where, okay, a deputy shoots and kills a, a suspect or something. And I'm glad that that's not the story we're doing, that we're doing this story. That it, It's entertaining for a lot of people, but it really could have had a terrible, oh, terrible ending. We, we have seen it and, so badly. But so it, many it's times. an example, too, Matt, that you know, a lot of people have ill feelings about the police and, and sometimes that's warranted. But in this case, you see that guy running, running, running to chase this man and does everything he can to catch him, does it and does his job really well. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got a hella cardio. So nice job. Uh, <laughs> look look and, for him uh, in the Summer Olympics. <laughs> right. The gear marathon. Uh, so good for him. And thanks for joining us for headlines on Florida's Fourth Estate. After the break, we're going to introduce you to our investigator, Lewis Bolden, who might change your mind on a story that has been heavy in the headlines here in Florida. Stick with us after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate, everyone. I'm Ginger Gadsden alongside my co-host, Matt Austin. One of the reasons we love doing this podcast is because we get to dive deep into stories that really matter to everyone. That's right. And Florida's fourth estate, we like to be centered around journalists. That is the fourth estate, the media. A lot of people don't know that. So we have a fantastic journalist in our building, a bunch of them, in fact, who has mm -hmm. been really focused on this one issue that kind of took us for some twists and turns. You see, the laws in our state have changed about who can vote. Felons can now vote once they have served their time and paid their penalties. But, some of them. Yes, some of them. Now, if you were involved in a sexual assault or a murder and all of your stuff is finished, you are still not allowed to vote. So the governor held this you know, big press conference in which he talked about 20 arrests in which people voted who weren't supposed to. All right. And he put the onus on those people. But as we kind of dug into this story at our news station, we found out maybe these people just thought their rights were back, but they really weren't. And now they're being prosecuted for it. Our reporter, Lewis Bolden, a fantastic investigator, did this story. And we want to play the story for you. And then we're going to talk to Lewis about what he found. Take a look. 
I think that, that most of this was unintentional. State Senator Jeff Brandis told News 6 not only did he author the implementing legislation for Amendment 4, but he says he and others were intentional when they did it. We thought that there needed to be some grace, and so that we put the word willingly in, which means, you know, they have to have knowledge of what they're doing in order to actually commit a crime. That's the exact portion of the statute Fifth Circuit State Attorney William Gladson's office referred to back in May when they decided not to file charges against six people accused of illegally voting in the 2020 election. The statute states, a person who willfully submits any false voter registration information commits a felony of the third degree. The division supervisor in the Fifth Circuit wrote, willfully requires the state prove the actions were intentional, knowing, and purposeful. He goes on to write, in all of the instances where sex offenders voted, each appear to have been encouraged to vote. Each were given voter registration cards, which would lead one to believe they could legally vote in the election. They sent me a voter registration card. That's one reason 59-year-old Peter Washington told News 6 he thought he was eligible to vote. Did you intentionally cast an illegal ballot? No. Washington was one of 20 other people arrested for allegedly illegally voting in the 2020 election. And now they're going to pay the price for it. The governor made the announcement two weeks ago, but never mentioned that most, if not all of the defendants, thought their rights had been restored. I think what you're going to find out is that a jury, once this stuff goes to a jury, or frankly goes to a judge, um, or even a good state attorney, they're going to have a really tough time showing that these people willingly and intentionally uh, tried to deceive or tried to commit fraud. So this is a very fascinating story. You come out thinking, why are these people voting? And then you sort of yeah. hear from their side, which we as journalists aren't supposed to jump to conclusions. And then you start no. to have a little grace for them. And that is where our reporter, Lewis Bolden, comes in. Lewis, welcome to Florida's Fourth Estate. Hey, well, thank you for having me, guys. Oh, thank you for the work that you've done on this story, because so many people, this is the story anywhere I go now lately, people want to talk about this story mm. because it has really engaged the community. And honestly, when we all go into journalism, Lewis, this is why, because you are a voice for the people who do not have one. Absolutely. That is one of our calls as journalists, to be a voice for the voiceless. And when you are a convicted felon, you lose your voice because people stop believing you. And so when you're a convicted felon and you come out and say, oh, I legitimately thought I had a right to vote, people don't necessarily listen to you because they already think you're a criminal and you've lost your credibility. So yes, I, I agree with you. This story reminded me the importance of journalism and reminded me why I love being an investigative reporter. Yeah, and, and I want to address those concerns, Lewis, real quick, because people are gonna see this story and they're gonna say, look, these people could just be lying. You know, maybe they did know that their rights were not back and that they did this intentionally. How do we know? How can we be sure that these folks weren't malicious and weren't just trying to vote when they really shouldn't have been? Well, what you do as a journalist is you listen to it and you to what they have to say, and then you decide, is this plausible? 
And in this case, I believe it is plausible. Mr. Washington said there were a series of events that led him to believe that his rights had been restored. The first was that uh, he got three jury summons. He got two, maybe even three jury summons in the mail. If you are a convicted felon under Florida statute, you are not allowed to sit on a jury. So why are these people receiving jury summons? And we looked it up. And not only Mr. Washington, but Michelle Stribling and Jerry Foster, who were three people from Central Florida of the 20 people uh, who were arrested um, by the governor's new election uh, fraud team. All three of them say they have received jury summons. So that was the first thing that led Mr. Washington to believe that his rights had been restored. He got the jury summons. He got multiple jury summons. He showed up. Uh, he wasn't actually called uh, to sit on the jury. But then he thought, my rights are restored, so I'm going to go and register to vote. Mm -hmm. He was allowed to register to vote. He then got in the mail a voter ID card. So when it was time for the election, he went to the polls and showed his voter ID card and poll and said to poll workers, is this valid? They looked at the card and said, yes, it's valid. So he voted. So when you when a person who is working at, at an election office, a poll worker tells you that your card is valid, you trust them. And so you go and cast your ballot. And Lewis, the other thing that really struck me is that if this man has malicious intent, one, you don't show up to a courthouse for jury duty, right? And two, you don't try to do the right thing as a productive citizen and show up and get a voter registration card. And you said something that was so telling when you first reported this story that you have lived in Central Florida and in Florida for many, many years. And mm -hmm. how many times have you been called for jury duty? I have lived in Central Florida for 21 years, and I have gotten one jury summons in the mail. And I live in Orange County, the same county that Peter Washington lives in. So if I am getting one jury summons, why are you sending a convicted felon three jury summons? It's a question that we had. And so we actually are airing a story today where we try to track down the process or nail down the process for jury summons. It is a much more complicated process than I think most people realize, but we're gonna be talking about that today at five o'clock. What is the process for people to receive a jury summons? I'll explain it all at five. Ooh. Yeah, and all of this has really set off a series of finger pointing because the governor says the onus is on the supervisor of elections and the supervisor of elections, are they're saying that, no, 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 it's on the state. Right, right. There is a lot of finger pointing. As you said, the local supervisor of elections are all saying, no, this is not our responsibility. We don't have access to this data. We depend on the Department of State to notify us when someone is ineligible to vote. Now, in the case of Mr. Washington, the local supervisor of elections was notified. But listen to this. Mr. Washington registered to vote at the end of May the state notified the local supervisor of elections at the end of December that Mr. Washington was ineligible to vote. But guess what? The election was in November. So he had already voted. So there is a 
huge lack of communication between these government agencies. And that's what we're trying to do is trying to figure out is where the breakdown in, in communication is. And, and as a journalist, that's always the hardest part when you're trying to figure out, OK, this person's pointing at them, they're pointing at them. So have you been able to get a sense of maybe whose fault this actually is, is if the state has to get the information to the supervisor of elections in a certain amount of time and they're not doing it, can we nail down whose fault it is? Well, you know, we're very lucky in that we have these things called Florida statutes <laughs> and we can refer back to the statutes. All of the supervisors of elections are pointing to the statute. And what the statute says is that it is uh, up to the Department of State to notify the local supervisors of elections um, when a voter is ineligible. And if you think about it, that makes sense because the local supervisors of elections don't have access to that state data. They don't have access to the state sex offender registry. Um, the state does that, not local county supervisors. And this really has set off another series of, and it could set off a series of more problems for these people who feel or think and believe that they are eligible to vote because they've served their time, right? And now if they are rearrested for something, they could possibly lose their jobs. And in the case of Mr. Washington, the thing I remember about your story, Lewis, and I encourage everyone to watch the entire thing by going to clickorlando.com, is the fact that he said he promised not to hurt his wife. And that really embarrassed her. It hurt her. It hurt the family. And you could just tell that he was sincere in what he was saying. He was so emotional about it. You know, we talked earlier about how do you get to the bottom of it? And when you listen to someone, you first decide, is what they are telling me, is this plausible? And then you, you look for the BS meter. Is this mm -hmm. person Believable. Mm -hmm. Mr. Washington, there is an authenticity to him. He, th that is his gift. And he got very emotional. The only time he got emotional during that interview was talking about his wife. And he said, hey, I was a convicted felon. So my wife took a chance on me. And when she took that chance, I promised her that I would never get in trouble again. So when he got arrested for voting, he said it brought all of that shame back on his family. Um, and and he, he was embarrassed about that, and he felt like he let his wife down, and that is the worst part of it. Now, he's still facing criminal charges. And mm -hmm. so this is a serious thing that people are being arrested. It is a felony. It is, you know, they, when you're a convicted felon, Mr. Washington was telling me that it, it takes so long for you to gain people's trust again, even family and friends and employers, you know, so he crossed that hurdle of getting a job. He did so well on his job that he's now started his own business. And now with this arrest, all of that could be in jeopardy. So it's a serious situation that all of these people are facing. Yeah, and you're right. When we saw that story, the reason you're on this podcast is not just because of your great reporting, but when you watch him, when you see that soundbite, him talking about his wife and how long ago all this was, and this is just basically dredging up the past, you feel for him, and and that makes you you know that's what makes good journalism. The emotion uh, you get to see that point of view that we really wouldn't have seen otherwise as. He's just kind of demonized as an old felon who shouldn't be voting and was probably yeah. lying about it. 
and Lewis, can that I ask you how is I, the power of journalism. I'm sorry, absolutely. Ginger. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, that's. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to know how did you find him? Did he reach out to you? How did you find him? After those arrests, uh, my colleague Eric Sandoval pulled the affidavits for all of those people who had been arrested. Three of them were for Central Florida. He passed those affidavits along to me and I went through them and there were addresses in the affidavits. And I said, I'm going to go and track down these people. Two of them uh, talked to me, two of the three talked to me, uh, Michelle Stribling and Peter Washington. It was a door knock. I just showed up at his door. Uh, his wife uh, was the gatekeeper and <laughs> I showed up on a Friday and he was not home and I had to uh, convince her to allow me to speak with him. Mm. Um, so I sh Monday, Friday, she wasn't convinced. So I went back on Monday and we talked some more and then she called him on the phone and said, I think you need to talk to this guy. So we spoke on the phone and then we set up an interview uh, for a couple days later. And that's how See, it that happened. Is, that is just another layer to the reporting, too, because it's not like he sought you out because we have all received letters from prisoners and everyone's innocent, right? Everyone who's locked up is innocent. But you mm -hmm. sought him out. He didn't go looking for you, which is another uh, thing that I appreciate about this story is like he wasn't writing all the news stations a letter saying I've been done mm -hmm. wrong. He was just going to face the consequences because it's not like he can call the governor or go to, you know, Tallahassee and talk to him. You can do that, though. Right. And here's the thing. When you show up, you don't know what you're going to get. I very well could have interviewed Mr. Washington and went, uh, yeah. what he's saying doesn't add up or he's not believable. And, and that would just be the end of it. And it never would have hit our air. We do that. Just because we interview someone doesn't mean that it's going to end up on our air. But with him, it was different. What he said made sense. You can see the series of events that led him to believe that he was eligible to vote. And so we went uh, we went with the story and that story has legs. I am still doing uh, follow ups to that story. Yeah. And we're excited to see more of your follow ups. When you're a journalist, you got to have some horse senses. You know, you do that interview. You wonder, can I trust him? Lewis Bolden, I'm so glad his wife trusted you and you were able to tell the story. And I know many more stories will be there to be told. Thanks for watching Florida's Fourth Estate this week. I'm Matt Austin. And I am Ginger Gaston. If you get in trouble, call Lewis Bolden. Oh, yeah. That's my first call. <laughs> I'm not calling a lawyer. I'm calling Lobo. Have yourself a great week. Bye.